This is the Millionaire Real Estate Podcast, where you'll learn the strategies and tactics you need to become a millionaire agent. Learn from top agents, brokers, team leaders, and experts in the industry who can help you on the path to success. And now, here's today's episode. everyone. We are so excited that you're with us today. And we are excited about our guest, Tanya Selseth, and she is from Falls Church, Virginia. And today our topic is how to find your competitive advantage and how to market to that, how to spend zero dollars on advertising and be able to sell over a hundred homes a year, how to go from being a solo agent to a team and knowing the pitfalls along the way and so much more. So Tanya, welcome. Thanks so much for having me on the show, Chantel. Well, let's start with the first part, which we talked about is finding your competitive advantage and marketing to that. You do that so well. So I want you to kind of talk about how you are spending no money on advertising and being able to sell so many houses per year. Great question. Wouldn't we all like to spend $0 on marketing, right? So I think one of the things that our team does differently is we focus on a specific community, right? So I was uh, a U.S. diplomat for over 10 years, and basically almost all of our clients are from that community because we know it really well. We understand the lifestyle. We can really get down into the client's psyche of like, what are they worried about? What are they trying to look for? What are sort of their hopes, dreams, aspirations? So we can talk to that kind of client way better than the average agent can just because they simply haven't lived their lifestyle, right? So we, I started as a solo agent. Um, I closed a few part-time deals while I was still a diplomat in 20, I think 18 or 19. Um, I now have a team of five. Uh, we do, you know, dozens and dozens of home transactions a year, buyers, sellers, all from this one little community that's like kind of niche and very kind of esoteric. So people ask me, can you even build a business by, you know, marketing to such a tiny little community? And my answer is yes, because, you know, obviously the proof is in the dollars that you get in transactions every year. So um, for those of you who are like, I'm not going to listen to this lady. She has a community and I don't know anybody like that. The, the thing that I always talk to my agents about is what makes you special as an agent, right? So do you speak a foreign language? What kind of experience um, that have you gone through? Have you moved a lot of times? Have you uh, worked at a, in a specific field, right? You have an advantage over other agents that don't have that experience. So um, I have a friend in San Francisco who, for example, decided to become an agent after many, many years as at working at an accounting firm. Do you think that she has a competitive advantage talking to accountants about housing? A hundred percent. Like I wouldn't know what to say to those people, right? I mean, I don't know what account accounts. I mean, I would imagine maybe they are really into the numbers, but she's really into the numbers, right? And she knows how to talk to her community. So I think, you know, when I'm talking to my team or even other agents, when I'm training, I'm always thinking about what makes you special and what makes you different from all other agents, right? Because how many of us see a, a bazillion signs on the street for agent X or agent Y? And what do they say? I'm the neighborhood specialist. Everybody says that. It almost doesn't mean anything. I ask my clients, when you see a sign like that, what does that mean to you? They're like, I mean, I guess they've sold a few homes in the neighborhood, right? But I think we are moving from, you know, it, it 
things are changing rapidly, right? That was the old version of real estate where you stick a sign in the yard, you're the neighborhood specialist, right? But we're moving into an era where people are highly specialized. I mean, you, you, you turn on the TV, there's like a bazillion channels. There never used to be so much choice, right? If you want to just be a Dungeons and Dragons guy and only watch Dungeons and Dragons and only be on that on the internet, you can do it. So people are looking for niche specialized agents and they will come to you. You don't have to chase them. You don't have to spend marketing dollars because you have positioned yourself as the leader of that specific field, right? Whether it's diplomats or for example, I had an agent on my team, extremely patient agent. I am not the patient agent on my team. I'm like the, let's go, let's get them. I am not the patient one. He worked really well with retired people. He was patient. He liked to go talk to them, have coffee with them, spend some hours, pet their dog, you know, do all that stuff. And he would get these downsizing sales, right? And he would, we would always tease him. We were like, oh, you're the retired people whisperer. And that was his niche. And it was because his personality was, he was very patient and he liked talking to them. He liked hearing their stories. It was genuine. It was authentic. It wasn't just because he wanted the sale. And so it very naturally for him became his niche, right? Of like the clients that he wanted to work with. So I think for me, what I've noticed in my time in real estate, the most successful agents have a differentiating factor. They can stand out in the sea of agents. There's hundreds of agents. I mean, we all know tons of them, right? What makes you different than 50 other agents out there? If you can't say that to a client in about a minute about your value proposition and why you are different from everybody else, they're going to think of you like everybody else. You're going to be kind of interchangeable, right? You have to have a flavor. I think think the one thing that you you said that maybe I want to really hone in on is you said also, what do you enjoy and who do you enjoy working with? Working with. Yeah. So one of my good friends is a counselor and her business was struggling. And she came to me, she was like, Chantal, I I need business advice. And she counseled everyone. She did grief, depression, anxiety, marriage. And she's like, I just need to get more business. I don't, I'm struggling. And I said, well, let me ask you this. Who do you like working with the most? And she's like, honestly, my favorite people to work with is marriage. She's like, I feel like I do a good job and it's rewarding to see the marriage you know, improve. And that's my favorite. I said, then you are now the marriage counselor and everything you have is articles on marriage and you are the marriage counselor. And literally her business has tripled. She's so full. She's not even taking more clients only for this. And so what you said is, I want you to kind of name some of these so that people can kind of, you know, you, you named one, you said, you know, the, the guy who the old people whisper, (laughs) give us some other, how, how can they choose to kind of jog their mind? They want to create a profitable niche in real estate. Give us some different choices that they can kind of think about. And this is going to be, you know, highly dependent on your personal experience. So I had an agent tell me, oh, I'm not getting any business. And it turns out that she was a Russian speaker. Maybe you speak a foreign language, right? Like I can't compete with her. She's a Russian speaker. She can market to that community. I I wouldn't even know what to do. I have another agent on my team who, who does house hacking, right? So he's lived in a house and he rents out rooms to other people. And he's really down in the weeds about Airbnb regulations, laws, stuff like that. 
because he's done it. Like he has that experience. People will choose him in a hot second before any other agent, if that's what they are trying to do, right? With their property or their house. Um, there's people that focus just on military, right? But I would say even military is really broad. Maybe, you know, you you target that even, maybe you just do one branch of the military. The, the, the more narrow you go, the more you're, marketing and what you're saying to the consumer, if you've really refined your language is going to speak to them and you will stand out head and shoulders above, you know, everybody else. I mean, think about in your experience, like who do you know? Um, maybe for example, we had another agent on my team. He had worked in restaurants. Um, he, he was a bartender and he's like, Oh, well, you know, the people that work in restaurants, they have these specific, you know, requirements. And I'm like, well, do you, do you want to do commercial space? Do you want to do, you know, there are a lot of different kinds of people out there. And back to Chantel's point of who do you like to work with, right? Because how many of us have worked with the client where we were like, oh, I can't wait till this transaction is over. Think about who you don't like working with too and why, why is it? So for example, for me, people who are really down in the weeds, who need like a bazillion pieces of information, drive me nuts. I will give them to another agent on my team because like the personality fit is not right. Right. So I think it's a matter of knowing who you are and who, you know, how you like to work and the kind of client that you, you enjoy working with the most. Right. So whether is that millennials, right. Do you want to help millennials? For example, like my, um, my investment uh, agent, he's really big on the whole 20 to 30 set. Who's really interested in financial freedom. So he reads all the blogs. He does all the podcasts. He has his own podcast and he specifically talks to this audience. So here's another piece for you guys. Once you figure out what your value proposition is and what makes you special and what makes you different, do something that positions yourself as an expert in that market. So for example, um, people who are relocating, right? If you're the relocation specialist, figure out what are the big companies in your area that do relocations, call them up, um, start to have material for them. Just talk to them. Be like, hey, can I help you with relocations? Here's some information that you could give to people who are relocating to your city, right? For example, there's all kinds of ideas. If you think about, you know, what am I positioned to do better than somebody else? I think that's probably usually the hardest part for agents. Um, and I think, if you have trouble thinking about what makes you special, ask the people around you, right? Um, how am I different? Why would you hire me versus somebody else? And get some honest feedback of, you know, what makes you different? What makes you special? And then work up from there because the first part is knowing who am I and what do I have to offer to the world, right? That's the first part. The second part is who in, the, in my world, in my sphere, can I have a strategic alliance with that can help me, you know, uh, in this area. So for example, I have a financial planner that only works with U.S. diplomats because they have very specific finances. Um, I called him up and I said, hey, do you work with a real estate agent? And he was kind of like, who, who is this? <laughs> and, uh, and I explained and he's like, oh, okay. And so the next time he had somebody, he sent that person my way and I did a good job. And he was like, so he sent another person. And now he sends me four or five people a year, most of them who are high-end clients who are working, you know, because if you're if you're hiring a financial advisor, you probably have done a few things right, you know. So figure out strategic alliances with people who work with your demographic. Mm. One of the things I always say is that God can steer a moving ship, 
but you cannot steer a ship that's sitting still. And so people, when they're thinking about this, I think one of the suggestions is to do, you can, until you find what it is, you can try doing some different posts. Like there's a, an agent I know in our company, her name's Tiffany, and she's like a new construction specialist. And so she's always like posting on Facebook, all the unique set of challenges and considerations that go with brand new homes. Like mm -hmm. how do you decide if you're going to pick this or this and all the pitfalls that come with a new construction home. And she kind of talks about that. And so now it's like in your mind, you think new construction, you think of her. And one of the things that I am hearing over and over right now is we have a lot of agents who are wanting to get into the luxury market and they just feel like, you know, that luxury market is just so difficult to break into. If someone asked you, you know, if you wanted to break into that luxury market, what are some of the tips that you would suggest someone to do to get into that luxury arena? And great question. So again, our focus is always, we are demographic realtors versus geographic, right? So we we are really looking at who the client is. So they have that specialty experience. So my question on this one would be, if you're looking at luxury clients, where are the luxury clients? So there's an agent that I know of that all he does is go to high-end parties. That's it. That's where he gets all his leads. And so he finds a way to go to golf tournaments, to go to um, you know charity dinners, and occasionally that requires him to buy in, right? But he hangs out at these events and that's how he gets into the circle where you have these luxury clients, right? So I think it's a matter of putting yourself in a position where you're able to meet the clients that you want to serve and then having a very specific value proposition for these clients, right? So in the case of luxury clients, I would even go really niche, like, are you doing luxury in even not a certain area, but maybe you're doing waterfront homes, right? Um, because waterfront is very specific. And if I'm going to buy a luxury home on a lake, I want to know that my agent knows something about that. I am not going to hire any old agent, right? So I'm going to know like, well, I have a boat that's this big and is the slip going to work? I need an agent that can talk to me about that off the top of their head. They don't have to be like, um, let me get back to you because they don't know, right? And one of the things I hear a lot from my agents is, but Tanya, if I do that, if I'm just like the waterfront agent or I'm the retired person's downsizing agent, what about the rest of the clients? Doesn't that mean that I'm going to lose all of those? And I would say actually the opposite is true. Just like Chantel's example of her marriage counselor friend, she was trying to be everything to everybody. And when you try to be everything to everybody, what happens? You are nothing to nobody. So I say, pick your strength, pick who you want to work with and narrow down because we have done this very successfully over the last three years and built a business where we do not need to spend money on Zillow or any kind of leads because they naturally come to us. I have literally anywhere from three to seven calls per week with people in my community because I am what I call like the Coke in my community. So like, if you think of, you know, um, three soda brands, what do you think of? You think Coca-Cola, maybe you think of, I don't know, a few others, but Coke, everyone thinks of Coke, right? So I want to be the Coke to my community. I want them to be like, oh, do you know an agent? Oh yeah, I heard about Tanya. She's the person, you should probably call her. She's she's helped like 10 other people in the community. And so it's already social proof that you are the person poised for this. So then you don't have to go chasing people. The leads come to you. And 
when they come to you, they've kind of already made up their mind. They want to work with you. They're like, oh, a friend told me or so we get warm leads. We don't have to cold call. We don't have to, you know, chase people down for an internet lead for like two years. Trust me, I have done that too. It is not fun. People come to you. They already want to work with you because they know that you're their flavor and you are theirs and you get them and you understand them and they feel taken care of already without you even having to do anything. It's a beautiful, beautiful business model. I want to tell you one of the reasons why I joined and I just love Canzel is that I can get 100% commission, I get revenue share, and I get stock. I am making thousands of dollars every single month in revenue share and stocks. And I now don't have to work nights and weekends on real estate anymore. You know, I've actually never been to a real estate agent's retirement party. And I want to be the first one that people are coming to at a young age. And I want to share with you some of my favorite resources. So if you go to joincanzelcom slash free, there's a couple that I want you to download. One is a 20 free lead generating PDF. It's going to help you generate leads for free that you can download, as well as there's one on how to double your business. I don't want you to miss it. Go download it today. Joincanzel.com slash free. I want you to give some more examples, specific ones so that you can jog people's memories. So, I mean, jog people's minds of where they need to go. So like, for example, let's say someone's just like, I still am kind of muddy on where my niche would be. Mm -hmm. So like, let's say they wanted to try a few of them and see kind of what gets sticky with them. Mm -hmm. So for example, like if they were like, all right, well, maybe new construction's it. Like you would say, all right, I'm going to now go to, because you, you've got to take some steps forward. So if they wanted to get into new construction, I would say maybe, okay, I'm going to go to a whole bunch of new construction homes. I'm going to do, hey guys, Chantel here. I am right now at blah, 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 new construction site. Let's go in and take a look, post these videos on Facebook, you know, give us some more of those kind of ideas of what they would do. Because if they go, okay, I'm going to try a couple of them and see which one of those people I like working with. And it kind of matches my personality. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, I don't know if I would recommend trying a whole bunch of different things necessarily, because I think most of us, we've been around long enough, long enough in life to figure out what kind of people we like working with. Right. Um, if you think about, if you just think about your past and all of your work experiences, what kind of people have you enjoyed working with? right? Um, start from there, right? And, and I would say you basically have three categories of kind of places where you can hone what your specialty is going to be. Obviously, one of them, which most everybody does is the geographic. I'm the neighborhood specialist, right? Which I think most of us can figure out. It's pretty common. Lots of people do it. The other two categories are focus on the client, right? The demographic side, which is I help diplomats. I help retired people. I help people in transition. I help military. I help families with small kids getting into a specific school district. I help um, people that have boats. I have people that uh, just want to live in condos, right? Like young, hip professionals that want to be downtown, right? Maybe that's we the have somebody who is who we. I know we've had two different people. One called themselves the condo king. One called themselves the condo queen. And so mm -hmm. that's how they kind of labeled themselves uh, in that area. And then also investors like that's that's a, 
one that a lot of people are missing the boat on because so many people are realizing, hey, if I want to create passive income, you know, and being someone who all they talk about is how to invest in real estate and being in and helping people, um, you know, being coming knowledgeable about that. How do they, whether it's multifamily residences, just rental spaces, what we just did, if you guys missed, I'm telling you right now, I'm really into this thing called the slow flip. If you miss the episode that we did, um, Heather did one and I did, we actually did a part one, part two. It's called the slow flip with Scott Jelenic. And you guys need to listen to that podcast if you missed it. I'm telling you right now, for me personally, we talked all about how to invest in real estate doing contract for deed. And to me, that's like the easiest next step. If you're looking to do rental properties, that would be a good one. So that's, that's another, you know, niche that some people can think about as well, but go (laughs) ahead. Sorry about that. Oh, it's okay. And and think about too, who is in a position that either wants to buy a house or sell a house, because that can also bring to mind who the person is that you want to talk to and to market to, who's going to be your specialty. So for example, is it, you know, young college grads with their first professional job, trying to house hack or getting to a condo. That's a very specific client. You can make very specific, you know, social media, all kinds of things. And then you need to figure out for that client, where do they look? Are they on TikTok? I mean, Facebook might be a little too old for them, for example, right? So figure out what do they read? What do they listen to? What do they like? Um, Where do they get their information? So, I mean, I've had people, uh, you know, in their twenties that have worked for me and they were like, Tanya, we don't call people on the phone. I'm like, so, okay, so I'm not going to call cold, cold call people that are 21, right? They're going to be like, who the heck is this? But maybe I text them. Or maybe I send a video because that's the method of communication that I use to talk to that specific demographic, right? And maybe maybe 20, 20 you know, some people are not your thing. Maybe you get along with moms. Maybe you, you're a mom. I'm a mom, right? I have two kids. I have something to share. And you're like, oh, well, everybody's a mom, right? Not necessarily because take what you have and use it for your competitive advantage. So as a mom, I know in my specific community, I know what the hot schools are. I know what all the kids are doing at school. I know how to get into all of the PTA and all those meetings. Guess what? Um, If you're some like single dude that doesn't have kids, no offense, single dudes, are you going to know any of those people? You aren't. So maybe, you know, maybe moms are your specialty and you can do a blog for moms like, hey, moms, look at this event that's going on or things that moms would care about. Right. So I think you have to figure out in this case, right? Because we said geographic is one option. Demographic, like who is the client is another one. And people will naturally gravitate to you. They will follow you if they're like, oh, she's so funny, or she's this, or he's that, or, you know, whatever it is, they're going to find something in common. And it's something that ideally you already are. That's natural to you. That's authentic. Because the key about being a demographic realtor is authenticity. It can't be fake, right? Like it can't be like, I really like, like if for me, I really like downsizing and I like to spend three hours at a coffee table hearing about people's dogs. Not me. It it just, it won't work right for my specific taste. Yeah. Well, let's switch gears. And I want you to talk because you've, you've gone from being a solo agent and now you're a team of five. Mm -hmm. So I want you to kind of talk about how you did that transition 
and what you need to know and how to avoid some of the pitfalls that you did. If you can be real specific, like here's where I went wrong and here's some of the things that you want to think through if you're trying to go from a solo agent to a team. Sure. So, and actually my advice is a little bit similar, which is know thyself, know who you are and what you are good at. So when I hired my very first assistant, because that was my first hire as a solo agent, I hate paperwork. I can't stand email. I don't want to do anything on the computer. I like being out and about. I like talking to people. I like doing that. So I wanted to hire somebody that liked to do the things that I didn't like. Right. So, um, it was very scary. I was like, this is a full-time salary. It's, and I had a lot of mental hurdles to overcome because I was like, what if I don't make enough sales? And what if this, and what if that? And I'm naturally kind of a skeptical person. So I did a couple of things. I knew that if it was left to me, I would never hire anybody. So I actually hired a firm to hire this person for me because again, I know myself and I will make a million excuses as to why I couldn't do it. But I'm like, I'm happy to pay someone to do something that I'm really scared to do. (laughs) And I knew I needed it to get to the next level. Right. And I think you, one of the things that I did was surround myself with people who had already achieved what I wanted to do. And I asked them questions. So there was teams in my office. I said, Hey, what tips do you have? And it doesn't have to be, you know, a huge long session, but they did it. I talked to enough people that I felt like people have done this. I'm not the first person that's ever going to do this. And I'm okay with making mistakes. And I had saved up some money. So I didn't feel like I was flying by the seat of my pants and I didn't have any money to do it. And I just took the plunge and I did it right. You have to get over all, all of that stuff. So I went, uh, the first hire was a admin assistant and it was not fun at first because guess what? Solo agents, we are not trainers or teachers. We're just like, Hey, just get in the computer and do the things. And the person's like, I don't know what you want me to do. And, um, administrative and operations people are usually structured people. That's why they're coming to you. They like eight to five. They like to know what they're going to do. And they are expecting to get that answer from you. So I say, if you're going to hire anybody, be very clear about what you want them to do and, and how they can win with you. Because I have seen too many agents now looking back, because I coach a lot of agents who are in this phase and they're like, but this person's not doing what I want them to do. I said, first of all, did you tell them what you want them to do? Well, they should know. How are they going to know? They're not you. They don't have your experience. They're not an agent. Um, you know, how are they supposed to know? Do you have anything written down for them? No, I want them to write it down for me. I'm like, okay, that takes time, right? We expect most of us when we hire our first person, that they're just going to come in and revolutionize our life because we're like, well, we're spending all this money and and oh my gosh, they should know. And it doesn't really actually work that way. Um, and again, you do not have to reinvent the wheel. There's a million other agents that have done this before you. There's a million brokerages that have, you know, uh, models, PDFs, classes, things that you can do to actually, you know, that you don't have to reinvent the wheel, right? So I think my mistake was I tried to invent, reinvent the wheel a little bit and I thought, oh, I'll just train this person and, and Uh, I started with a VA that was a disaster because they were like, I don't do anything unless you tell me what it is. And I'm scared to do anything else beyond that. And I was like, oh, I need, I need a local hire. So I got a local hire and it was bumpy the first six months, but thank God she hung on, hung in there with me. We figured it out. We got it all down on paper because it's a bit of a mess when you start. Cause you're like, I don't know what I want this person to do. It's very messy. So once we had that rolling, we started to get the systems in place. I think about the year mark, I was like, oh my God, this is life-changing. It's amazing. 
So I would say any of you who are starting that process or who are part of the process, hang in there because it does not get better instantly. It takes time. Every day you're, you're, you're adjusting little pieces until you get to the point where you're like, I don't touch paperwork anymore. It's fabulous. It's fantastic. You know? And then, so that's administrative is really, I think the first hire, right? And I'm a Keller Williams agent. Um, everything's in the millionaire real estate agent book. And then after that, you know, we can, we can talk about like agents or whatever you want to talk about Chantel. So yeah, well, we actually are out of time. That went by so fast. Wow. Yeah, it I know it was like the fastest interview. I can't believe how fast that went. I will go ahead. We're going to add that today. I'm going to, it'll be on joincanzel.com slash free. And I'm going to put in some sample team agreements, some sample agent agreements, um, some training videos on there, all on joincanzel.com slash free. And we will email that out later today. Um, but give us just in the last minute, since we're already out of time, give us like a couple things if you were going to talk to your agents and hold them accountable, what would kind of like, let's say you're having a team meeting, would there be like a couple things that you would say, okay, you know, you got in order for you to be successful, you've got to make this many contacts or what are some of the accountability points that you're having with the agents to make sure they can take things to the next level? And I think this goes not just with agents, but admin people too. And the thing is standards. And I've seen time and time again, agents fail and myself included because not, first of all, I didn't have a standard or if I had one, it was not communicated and everybody didn't know about it. So if your standard is you need to make X calls per week, then that's the standard. And then if people don't do it, here's the not fun part. You got to get on them. You're, and, and there's a way to do it. And, and when you start, it's not fun, right? You're like, oh, I'm like their mommy. That's how I felt about it. I was like, oh, this is really awkward. But the more you do it, the better you get. And so I think as long as you're willing to just wade in and do it and not feel like it has to be all done perfectly or that you feel like you know 100% what you're doing, you will make it, right? And you'll, you'll turn down some wrong corners. But I think having standards, super important and enforcing them. So if an agent doesn't come to our team meeting, I am literally, once I'm off that meeting, I'm texting them, hey, is everything okay? What's going on? I do not let it slide. Do not let stuff slide because the minute the people are like, oh, she didn't even notice, then they start to do other things. But actually they want you to be asking them about it. They want to be accountable. That's why they joined my team because as a solo agent, they were kind of all over the place and they weren't making the business. And they were like, oh, someone's looking out for me. Someone's helping me with my business. Someone's keeping me on track. That is why they joined the team. So standards and really checking in on people and saying, hey, this is what you said you wanted. What's going on? And then having them tell All right. you. We have one last question. I know we're out of time, but we'll just add this one quick question on. Uh, and this question is from Joel. It says, what's your best method of handling a situation where you call a potential new client and they say they're getting calls from too many real estate agents? How do you get them to see that you are the best real estate agent and how do they choose you over all the other agents? So apparently maybe he's gotten a lead from, from Zillow or through KV Core. And the, as soon as he calls them, he, they're like, well, you're the third, third agent that's called me from three different companies. Cause you know, a lot of these leads, they filter them out to multiple people. So what are you saying? If they say to you, I'm just getting bombarded with all kinds of agents calling me, what would you say? 
And to be honest, I don't have an answer for your question because I don't make those calls. I do, I'm never the third or fourth agent on the line because of the way I have structured my business clients come to me. So mm-hmm. that's the way that I run my business. And so to be honest, I wish I had some pithy answer to say, oh, you need to say this and the client's going to choose you. But the, but I actually have structured my business. So I don't need to make those calls because again, niche, know who you are, but I know think, your value I think proposition. With that, it goes back to the value proposition that you talked about. So if that was me and someone answered it for me, what I would say is first, I would acknowledge what was happening. Like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, I hate when that happens in multiple people. And I know that you're busy and I'm so sorry that that's happened to you. So first acknowledging that And then I would use what my unique value proposition is. And so I would say to them, so for me, I never hold anyone into a long-term contract because that's like my pet peeve, which my button is. And so I'd say, you know, just so you know, with me, I don't hold people into long-term contracts. And if, if at any time you're not happy, you can fire me. That's how, that's how much it means to me that I'd want you to work with me, but also if at any time you're not happy, you could fire me. And I'd hate for you to be in a contract that's long-term for a year with someone that you're not happy with. And so that's one of my value propositions. Another one is, is that 10% of the company dollar profit goes to a, you know, a charity that you get to pick at the end of my transaction. So I'd kind of find all those different things that is different about me. And then I would, um, you know, talk about those value propositions on the call that you talked about. Well, we are way over time. This was amazing. Fastest call ever. You tell listeners, Tanya, where they can find you, where they can follow you and learn more about you. So I have a podcast for my community. It's called the Embassy Wealth Podcast. So it is literally just for my diplomats. Um, You can listen to me there. Um, You can find me at Tanya, T-A-N-Y-A, at stateside residential. And again, even my branding stateside, because I have people overseas coming here, it it does something for my clients, right? So Tanya at statesideresidential.com. I'm also at www.statesideresidential.com. Love it. Well, thanks for being here. And you guys stay tuned. We've got another episode coming up in just a few. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, leave a rating and a review so we can get this out to more agents. And tune in next week for another power-packed episode. This is the Millionaire Real Estate Podcast.